0: Hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Yasmin Alsate. I found her on the old Tiki (laughs) Talk, and I connected with her. She is podcasting. Her podcast is called Soul, which I love, and she just has soul conversations. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you love to be on my podcast? And she agreed. So here she is. Everybody, please welcome Yasmin. So tell us about who you are, what you do, and who you serve.
1: My name is Yasmina Alzate, and I have a podcast called Your Soul, a podcast in Soul Talk by Yaz. I am a mental health advocate and a mentor to people that are on their healing journeys. And I serve anyone and everyone who is on their healing journey, but especially from anxiety, agoraphobia, and panic disorder. And I'm excited to be here. Um, But that's a little bit about me. I've had my podcast for probably like eight months now, um, and I'm like a small time creator. And yeah, I'm just trying to make an uplifting, healing and safe environment on social media and prove that we're stronger together. You
0: are adorable. I love that you're like, I'm a small time creator. You're not small time, my friend. (laughs) You are a creator. Let's remove (laughs) the small time because we all start somewhere. You know, I was once you starting out and starting my podcast, you know, we all start somewhere. No one was like born knowing what to do, you know, like no one just started at the top of the corporate ladder. So you are a creator, you're in the game, you're You're in the arena, you're You're putting yourself out (laughs) there, like you're amazing. I'm so like, I, I've had a conversation with Yasmin before, because I've been on her podcast. But for those of you who are joining us, Tell us your story. Like, how did this all begin? Like, where did your healing journey begin?
1: Oh, where did my healing journey begin? That's a long one. But I'm going to start <laughs> what we have time, girl, we have time. Yeah, We do have time. Yeah, we do. I'm going to start where this whole idea of your soul, my podcast and me being a creator, because you're right, let's not put too small. I'm a creator. So basically, it was because During the pandemic, I really felt like my mental health, like many of us just went down the drain. Mm. But the reason why also for myself, it became even more, I guess you could say serious is because I was already struggling with something called panic disorder, which is where you just have a lot of panic reactions. You have a lot of anxiety. It's just kind of your body is always stuck in fight or flight mode. Mm. So before the pandemic, I would have episodes here and there, but it was still manageable. I lived my life. I would travel. I'd go to work. Everything was fine. But then the pandemic happened. And of course, as everyone knows, everyone's reality shifted. For me, what it created was something called agoraphobia, which is that you eventually become so afraid to have panic and have so much fear that you don't leave your house. It becomes to that point to where you avoid everything. You're just in your bubble. And it just got so dark for me. There was a point to where I didn't know if I was ever going to get out of it. I felt like my whole life had changed. I was like, I used to travel the world and do whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't care where I was. And now going out of my house a few blocks away was difficult for me. And I didn't know agoraphobia existed until it happened to me. Yeah. So then from this place of feeling like, I lost my life basically because I wasn't existing in the physical world as much anymore, because that's how out of control my anxiety got. I decided that I was going to share my healing journey. The ugly, the in between, the good parts, everything, because there has to be other people that are living through this agoraphobia, this kind of panic, this kind of chronic anxiety, and show them that you can make something meaningful and make an impact in someone's life, even if you can't leave your own house. Yes. And throughout sharing this story and like uplifting my voice and speaking my truth, and I've been on this healing journey, you know, now I'm on a whole other space. But at that darkest moment, this is actually what started to get me out of it was being creator and showing that you don't have to feel shame if this is what you're going through own it but move through it and we're going to get there but honestly at the beginning I didn't know if I was going to get better Mm. right I was purely fueling on the fact that I knew I had a purpose I knew I had a voice I knew I had a calling and that I had to use it Uh. so that's kind of where it started like being a creator and my healing journey and why they're so like together.
0: (laughs) So intertwined. It's so beautiful that you, regardless of the darkness that you were facing, you were like, I need to show other people the light because um, you know I love that you said, I wanted to prove that I'm not the only one going through this and there are other people suffering from agoraphobia. You're actually my second guest on this podcast who suffered from agoraphobia and to find out that the first guest that was on it was somebody that I went to high school with. And, you know, and it's somebody that I remember just like being so in awe of who she was because she was a cheerleader. She was beautiful. She, from the outside, she looked like she had it all together. And to think that she was so afraid to leave her house, I couldn't even understand that. So tell us how before 2020, how you started with like the panic and did it stem from something in particular?
1: Yeah, so for me, before the pandemic, like I said, I've been living with this for a long time. I actually was adopted from Colombia when I was a baby, and that's kind of where I guess you could say my unique life path started because I was put into a whole different life than what I had when I first got into this planet, right? And when that happened is and is what I've been coming back to a lot recently is that I've always had a hand in divine guidance in my life that doesn't just happen on accident, right? And When I was brought into this new life, although I was a child, obviously, that just creates a whole new different reality when you grow up and you know that you're adopted. I love my family. I'm very blessed to have had a very supportive and loving family throughout everything. And I wouldn't change that for a world for anything in the world. I wouldn't change that. But I also faced a lot of trauma when I was younger. I faced abuse, not at the hands of my own family, but I did face sexual abuse. And that is something that, I mean, trigger warning for anyone listening, but that is something that, of course, just completely altered my state of reality. It showed me that life wasn't safe. It showed me that my own body wasn't safe. It created a toxic relationship with myself. And it also caused a lot of issues in my own family, right? Of course. And- let me tell you, the healing process of that has been, and for anyone listening, if you've been through this and you have gone through this healing also as a family with your family, this guts you up and literally eats out everything in your whole reality. And it's very hard because it's very easy for you to be like, but why did it happen to me? But why, but why, 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 right? We're in those hard moments. But still to this day, if you were to ask me, would I change that happening in my life? I would tell you no. As painful as it was, as hard as it is, as much as I still heal from it, because that's not the only reason as to like why I eventually ended up where I was. It was just a big factor, right? But I say I would never change it because there's many moments in life that life will show you that your pain has a purpose, right? And those are the moments that you need to live for when you are struggling again in the dark ones, right? And before everything got super hard during the pandemic and agoraphobia, before that, I actually moved back to Colombia, which is where I'm from. And I moved back there because I had an opportunity to work with an organization that worked with kids that were under adoption and foster care and orphans. And that was a passion for me. Of course, I'd always wanted to go back and work with those kids because at one point I was also a baby in the system. Right. So then I went back there and I worked with a lot. I think we worked with a total of 500 kids at one point. Um, I was a personal teacher and mentor to around a hundred of them every single week. And there was a girls' home in particular, which was for girls that were in foster care or orphans, but also specifically in abuse cases, right? So I was constantly around girls that were from the ages of 10 to 20 that had all faced physical, sexual, verbal, everything kind of abuse. And they were removed from their families or removed from their lives to be in this home. And I had so many conversations with those girls that just put into perspective for me. If I never had what happened to me, would I be able to resonate so deeply with these girls, help with their healing journeys as well, and remind them that they can also change their lives? Would I would I have the same compassion? Would I have the same empathy, connection to them? Yeah, empathy? No, right? Because I wouldn't have lived it. And I actually got to stand in front of all of them after a few months of meeting them once we built up like trust and stuff like that. I read them a poem, Mm. a very long poem about my life story and a little bit about what had happened to me. And I did that because a lot of times they saw me as, like, oh, es la gringa, es la que tiene todo. (laughs) You know, es una reina. Like, they literally treated us like that. Everyone who would go and work that was like un extranjero, someone who's not from there, they would think that you are on a silver platter. They would think that your life is perfect because you live in the US, everything, right? So, I read them this poem, and I let them know of my adoption story of my uh sexual abuse story of how, besides all of that, you know, I also came back to do all this work because it's what really is my passion right and when i when I read that poem and I stood in front of them and after I finished, I just started bawling, they all started crying, we were all hugging each other, and I remember in that moment, I said, I would never change what had happened to me because of this moment right here. Mm. Right, Because I was able to do that, right? But that's kind of where it started. That's
0: incredible. I love that you recognize and are aware of the fact that your suffering happened, but it happened for a reason. And I think a lot of people need to understand that when we can take the emotion out of the you know circumstance or the event that happened to us the trauma when we can separate the trauma from the emotion it becomes wisdom and you gain so much wisdom from like having to go through the healing journey having to like be gutted open and having to like relate to your parents and your family and your friends and your boyfriends and your you know all the everybody everything Yeah. (laughs) yeah and the fact that you can go back and help those that are in your country and say like, look, I may have gone to the United States, but I too still suffered. I too still had all these things happen to me. And I too can resonate with your story and your pain and your suffering. And if I can get out of the darkness and stand in the light and still, even though I have a couple of things that I'm still working on, you can too, you know? And I think that's a lot of what healing is about. People think like, do I really need to go through this healing journey? Yes, because other people need to see your light. Other people need to hear your voice and other people need to see you as the example, especially when you're in the darkest night of the soul. You think you're so unique in your suffering. You think only I feel this way and only I have gone through this much pain when in reality there are so many others exactly like you and that's the beauty of the internet and tiktok and facebook and instagram is that we can you know connect on so many levels and you can see that you're actually not alone and that there are some people out there that are like you said earlier 10 steps ahead of you and regardless of whether or not you think you're a coach you are a coach because you have the cheat code (laughs) further ahead rather than staying in the suffering and staying in the darkness you're like wait I'll show you where the light is if you do this if you do that if you use these tools you know so that's amazing and congratulations on being able to go back there and and to just share your wisdom with all these women. So as like you're going through life, right? 2020 happens. How did that, I mean- was it hard for you to stay away from the news? Because the news did a really good job at adding to the phobia. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I don't have
0: agoraphobia or panic disorder, but I mean, even I were what mm-hmm. like, is everyone gonna become zombies? Because you really they really painted this picture yeah. of if you touch somebody or if you like coughed in the wrong way, you were gonna get this. Deadly disease, and everybody was gonna just die. And don't get me wrong, people did die, but it wasn't to the uh mm-hmm. catastrophic levels that they were explaining on the news. So, tell us about like first, where were you when you heard about COVID? And like, just tell me about the first few mm-hmm. weeks and what you were going through during that time.
1: Yeah, honestly, I feel like. <laughs> Now looking at it, I did kind of question to myself, like, what would have happened if I kind of just shut everything out and I said, I don't care what's happening with COVID. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna keep on doing what I have to do to get better. And blah blah blah. Like I always question. I'm like, but it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. What happened is what happened, right? How I coped with it is how I coped with it. Unfortunately, I didn't love it. Now looking back at now looking back at it, I wish it would have been different. But um with that all being said, I definitely allowed mm. for the fear to consume me. I definitely was like, oh, I already was struggling like outside with anxiety anyway. So I might as well just like, do what they are telling us to do Um, at the beginning I think that I was still really trying to go out like you know I was like you know enjoying still going to the store really quick Mm and not come back you know and I remember I think it was like maybe that second week I went with my little cousin to the grocery store and it was when people were Mm panic buying like water and like everything the grocery store was missing and I took a video and I had seen that video recently come come back in my snapchat memories and people were fighting over cases of water and if you really think Think about that that's just something that we we hadn't had to experience before this right being the grocery store MD seeing people fighting for water you know and stuff like that like that definitely is jarring you know it's definitely like whoa this is something we're not used to it's something that you know it's completely different from our reality but I definitely allowed it to stop me. Um I tried to ignore the news. I tried to ignore it, but no matter where I went, it was there. That was when TikTok came into everyone's lives, obviously mm-hmm. at the right moment, and then we all got addicted to it. <laughs> um so, you know, I I slowly let it consume me. We'll just put it that way. I let it consume me. I wasn't uber terrified to get sick. I think I was just now thinking about it. I think we just went with the motions. It was definitely one of those like Time passes, you dissociate from it, you're completely out of it. And then all of a sudden now it's 2023, you know. (laughs)
0: So So how did your family help you to like get past these fears of like, you know, because for me and my family, like, like Travis, my husband was like, you know, it's not that bad. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if it was as bad as they say it is, then the country of Ethiopia would definitely be completely gone. The country of, you know, India would be completely obliterated because they have no means to wash their hands. They Mm -hmm. have no means to sanitize their hands and they have no masks and everything. They're not really sanitary. So if it is as potent as the way they made it seem, then like half the country would be completely gone. So it gave me a little bit, because I did too have a panic attack. I remember Mm -hmm. like, watching and TikTok, you you get into the scroll and people are posting all these videos right (laughs) they're posting all these videos like oh this person died and you know i heard this person got the vaccine and now all of a sudden they can't see and like you're and you're just people are talking about the apocalypse and the end of the (laughs) bible and you're and i remember just like crying in bed and my husband was like are you okay and i was like is the world coming to an end is this Mm -hmm. it is this like you know the end times that they talk about in um what is it called uh the revelations. And my Mm -hmm. husband was like, no, 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 (laughs) you're fine. Everything's fine. But I mean, you know, everybody felt that way at some point or another during Mm -hmm. that COVID season, because we really didn't know what we were standing up against. We didn't know how long it was going to last. We didn't know, you know, we all thought it was going to be three weeks tops. And then, A year had gone by. I mean, we're still having the conversation (laughs) about it on the news. Mm -hmm. But I mean, how did your family help you get through that times of where you were having these massive panic attacks and agoraphobia Mm -hmm. where you couldn't even leave the house?
1: Honestly, this is something that my family, everyone around me, it took them a long time to fully understand what was really wrong with me, um, because unless you've experienced extreme panic, dissociation, DPDR, all the sensations that you can get with anxiety and panic, all of that, unless you've experienced that, I think it is naturally us as humans we can only meet other people as far as we've met. We've met ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So if you've never been through it, I think it's very hard because, uh, and obviously, you know, I'm Latina, right? <laughs> uh, to some degree, my parents were super understanding, right? They really were, but then sometimes they'd be like, "Pero por qué no?" Uh, piensas en algo mejor and I'm like uh, I I wish it was easy that easy for me at the time it was really hard you know at the time I was in the darkest moments of it so it took a lot of patience on both of our parts I did my best to try to explain to them what my reality was like and why things were hard for me Um, the most important thing though is that my family they're very supportive they're very loving so again I know it's different for everyone I know not everyone gets that blessing either But if you're listening to this and you're also struggling with a lot of anxiety and panic and your family doesn't understand, I highly urge you to know that you do not have to make them understand. Mm. And in that moment is when I started to change my healing path and when it started to get a little bit better. We started to climb out of the hole because there was a time when I was obsessed with making my family understand, with making my partner understand, with making my friends understand. Like, I was trying to make everyone else understand why things were so hard for me, why panic was so real, why my agoraphobia was so real, why I was so terrified. And in the process of doing that, what was I actually doing? I was just exacerbating exactly what I was feeling. Yes. I wasn't helping myself. Right. I was just trying to make them understand and I would get frustrated. I would be like, but this is my, this is my reality, you know, but I was so stuck and so far in the hole, honestly, of the darkness of what I was going through that I felt like if people around me understood that maybe they could help me, but that's the most important part is that when you're faced with a lot of anxiety and this can be applied to a lot of different things in life, but when you're faced, especially with a lot of anxiety and panic, No one can pull you out of a panic attack except for yourself. Ooh, I love that. Say it again. Say it again. I'll say it again. No one can pull you out of a panic attack or out of an anxiety attack except for yourself. No one can pull you out of the hole you're in except for yourself. Because my family was supportive. My partner was supportive. I had friends that were supportive but I was still in the darkest place and I couldn't get myself out. I had a Mm -hmm. therapist, I had everything, right? But I was still there because I myself wasn't yet in the space where I was like, I'm going to do anything that I have to do to get out of this. And it wasn't until I made that choice that I went for it. And it took my family, honestly, giving me tough love as well. Um, I understand why they did it, but it was painful, but I needed it. They said, we're not going to go visit you at your house until you get out of your house at least like five minutes or something wow. like that. Wow. OK. And that used to make me full on panic and cry just thinking about that. And I tell my mom, but like, why are you guys making me suffer? Why? You know, like you don't understand. Like I panic just halfway down the block. And she was like, no, we're not trying to make you suffer. We're just trying to show you that you have to start making baby steps. We're not asking you to go an hour and a half away because my family lives an hour and a half away. Full disclosure, I have not gone (laughs) yet an hour and a half away to go visit them. But where I am now, I've gone and I go out every single weekend. Before, I wouldn't go out for two, three months, honestly. Now, I go out every single weekend. I go visit um, my partner and his family. I go now to different stores around here. I can go to Starbucks. I can go anywhere around here that's like in a 20-minute radius. But let me tell you, for me to get to that 20-minute radius, that was blood, sweat, and tears. That was full-on determination, blood, sweat, and tears for me to get there. And if you have agoraphobia, you know that that, yes, you have to win it back bit by bit. But point is, is that I did need that tough love and I needed to also sit with myself it wasn't so much my family. It wasn't anyone around me that could help me, honestly. It was myself.
0: I love that you said that, you know, the only person that can help you is you. And I also love that you Mm -hmm. recognize that the more you tried to explain and the more you tried to get them to understand, the more you were just Mm -hmm. exasperating the, you know, the panic and the pain. And I just went to an Esther Hicks Mm -hmm. live event. And she talked about how, for whatever reason, us as humans want to over explain, you know, like yes. our pain, <laughs> our suffering, you know, and I've done that before. I'm guilty of it too, where I tell everybody my story. Oh, let me tell you my story about how my mom was panic mm-hmm. and my dad was an alcoholic. But it's like, when do we get to the point where we don't talk about that anymore so much Mm -hmm. to try to get people to understand us? And it's no longer the story we're in, but the story we stand on. And we can start to help people like say, hey, I've been there. I know it. I understand. But if we continue to go down that rabbit hole, which I this is why I love therapy. But I also feel like after you've had. Don't get me started on therapy. (laughs) <laughs> right. After you've had the time, because I think everybody should go to therapy. Yes. I really do believe that everyone should start with therapy mm-hmm. because therapy is where you can actually have this like beautiful space for you to just talk and be heard. Right. Because like you said earlier, you're talking to your mom, you're talking and they're just like, well, why don't you just do this? And you're like, shit, if it was that yeah, damn I easy, <laughs> don't you think I would have done that? Mm-hmm. Right. Or why don't you just forget about it? Or you didn't, you, my family is like, well, that happened a long time ago. Like your trauma doesn't affect you now. Uh, excuse me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, you, I would go to therapy, but after a while, like how much are we going to talk about the same pain? It's like, okay, let's take the Band-Aid off and let's like pour salt on it and let's put some lemon on it and let's like really dig our finger in it. Like, okay, how much are we going to do that? Eventually we have to move forward. Eventually we have to celebrate where we are now, outside of the cave, outside of the dark forest, outside of the pain and like where we are now and how, where do we want to go? You know, like how do we want to move forward without this? Mm -hmm. Tell. let's talk about therapy a little bit. So, oh, yeah. So tell us about your therapy experience and like what you would tell somebody that is thinking about going to therapy or has
1: been in the cycle of therapy
0: for years and years and years.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's get started on therapy. I, and I said, I was like, don't get me started because <laughs> I do. I have an opinion on it. And I have been in and, in and out of therapy since I was probably 14, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. ever since everything came out of my uh, childhood trauma, I was in therapy. It had its purpose, right? It was very helpful for me. It's something that I did need when I was younger, for sure. Um, throughout high school, I was also in therapy, uh, mm-hmm. college therapy, like it was there for me. And when I had a good therapist, it was great, right? And it was a good place to discharge what you were feeling and go through it and start to. Take apart the bits of trauma and start to understand them, right? It's a good starting Mm -hmm. block, like you said. It's something that I think everyone needs to do to start to understand what's in their mind and maybe why are the same patterns appearing or why do you act the way that you act, right? So it's important. But I will say you are your own biggest advocate. And if it's not working for you anymore and you're stuck in the hole, I highly advise you to go somewhere else and seek a different form of treatment. And I say that because, towards After the pandemic, when I was really struggling with my agoraphobia still and I couldn't leave the house, I was still in therapy, right? Therapist that I had, her office was literally, I think, like five minutes away in the car or less. And I think you could even walk like I could even walk to her. And I didn't trust her and she would tell me that, oh, if you want, like I can meet you at your house and we can go for a walk and we can like start to get out. And I didn't even trust her to do that. And then I was like, wait, if I don't trust my own therapist, then why am I with her? Right. And she was a great person. It was nothing against her personally. She did help me with a lot of things. But at the time I was in the darkest night of my soul. I was in the darkest pit of my life. I literally didn't know what to do anymore. And the therapy was only getting me deeper in the hole it was mm. helping me sit in the hole and it was making everything just kind of sink in there but yes I could not get out of it and it wasn't helping me build a ladder so what helped Ooh. me build a ladder to get out of the hole was not therapy I had to in the middle and this is what a lot of people at the time were like are you sure you should stop therapy like you can't leave the house yes I mean and I was like no like listen She's not helping me get out of this hole. I'm at the point where I already know what I'm going through. Yeah. But I'm not getting tools to move forward. I'm not, you know, I, I just don't feel it. Like I need something else. Right. So I called my therapist. I basically I did the I need to break up with my therapist. Thing, <laughs> and I told yeah. her I was like, hey, like, I don't think that this is working out. Like, I really feel like I need something that's more definitive on how to get out of this. And I remember she told me like, OK, well, what are you going to do? you know Mm -hmm. and then she was like but have you considered medication but have you done this but have you done that it's almost Mm. as if she was like you're never gonna get out of this without a therapist or without me and when I had that reaction it only made me more like this is the right choice for me to stop it I know this is the right choice and I was having a full panic attack just even telling her like I need to break up with you and (laughs) this is what I did after that right I got a life coach. I started doing life coaching with someone that I had met before. And she is what who really helped me get out of that dark hole, who helped me build the ladder. She gave me the nail. She gave me the hammer. She helped me find yes. wood and I built it. But she was there guiding me. Right. And slowly, 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 I started to come out of it. Um, I've worked with a lot of different spiritual healers. I've worked with a lot of different like alternative healing kind of things. But there are things that Get you to the root of your trauma and for you to look at it and actually mm-hmm. learn from it, grow from it, move through it. But and I will reiterate this again. If you're listening to this and you haven't gone to therapy and you feel a lot of that trauma and you feel like you want to change your life, try therapy. See how it feels for mm-hmm. you. See if you like it. But with your therapy, try different healing modalities that you feel like you're interested in or that you would be willing to try. Because let me tell you, all of the growth that I have gotten, all of the healing that I have gotten has been alongside more so my life coach, my breath work coach, especially Todd, if you're watching Mm -hmm. this, shout out to you. Um, And (laughs) my cousin that is a shaman, he is a spiritual healer. So three very important spiritual healers, life healers are the ones that have helped me really face this and get through it not my therapist honestly and I'm sorry to say that it's just true and I hope I love your truth like therapy helps people you know I really do I'm all for therapy I think yeah I'm all for therapy
0: Mm -hmm. too but I loved I really love the way you described it the therapist was there in the cave in the pit with you and you know there she was there he Mm -hmm. was like telling you like oh okay you're in this okay, let's talk about this darkness. Let's talk about this yep. pain. Let's talk about this trauma. But eventually, I love that you did a beautiful visual. You needed someone to give you the tools yep. to build that ladder to get out of the pit and to get out of that darkness. Like, And that is truly what life coaches do. And I, I love too that you said- Find another healing modality because there are so many healing modalities out there. Like me on my own personal life uh, healing journey, like I've tried acupuncture, I've tried weightless tanks, you know, (laughs) I've done tuning forks, I've done emotion code therapy, you know, and I've done breath Mm -hmm. work, you know, and I've done frequency and sound bowl healing. All of it works. All of it. Try it. Try it. Because every single thing out there, it's like... You know, you're taking yet more medication, but not actual Mm -hmm. medication. Instead of going to take more pills, like, try it. Like, all of these healing modalities have been around for ages and for centuries. And it's like the United States wants you to stay mm -hmm. sick. They want you to stay on the pill. They want you to stay depressed because that's where they can control you. If we really think about it, we're all... Um, I love that Esther Hicks says, the world speaks in vibration and frequency. Yeah. So if we're vibrating at the lowest vibration and frequency, when we're in fear, which is what the news does to us, they feed us all this fear. So you be afraid to go outside of your house. That's when they can control exactly. you. Mm-hmm. When well, there is no fear, which my stepson, when 2020 happened, he was not afraid about anything. That kid, he was like so happy that he didn't have to go to school <laughs> yeah. every day. That with his friends. He was driving up and, lo- up and down the coast. I mean, he had just gotten his car, so he's only like mm. 17. But he buddies were up and down the coast of California, and going to beaches and jumping off cliffs and just like, you know, having the, the time of their life. And I look back and I think, man, and I even when I talk to people and ask them what they did during that time, there are some people that were like, I ain't scared, took a plane, went to Miami, had so much fun, like, because everything was I so cheap, see that. <laughs> you know, everything was cheap, no one was flying. And mm-hmm. it's like, just imagine the freedom that those people had, that my stepson had, because fear wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. But yet, when, when we allow fear to be a factor in our life, we stay trapped in our little pit in the darkness, and we are just stuck. And yes, therapy is great to start out with. Yes. But mm-hmm. because you do, some people need to have that space to be able to talk about what happened. But after a while, maybe a year, because I went to therapy for over a year and a couple of other times, but you have to find someone that's going to give you the tools. And I love the way you said it to build that ladder, to get out of that pit and to move forward and combine it with all these other healing modalities. Like try it out, right? Why not? Try it out. (laughs) See what works. Mm -hmm. And there are beautiful shamans. I have multiple shamans that help me. I love that your cousin is a shaman. Try it out. There are people with beautiful gifts that can really help you tap into the energy that is you, your soul purpose that can illuminate you back to life and like breathe fire back into your soul. And so, yeah, seek those people out. And I also really want to say that if you are looking for a therapist and it doesn't feel good, you know, If it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel in alignment with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, it's okay to break up with your therapist. (laughs) It's okay to find someone new. And same thing with a life coach. Same thing with a shaman. Like, make sure you're interviewing these people, you're doing mm-hmm. your research, you're doing a background check. If they have testimonials, reach out to the people that they've worked with in the past and be like, exactly. what, what is your, you know, because I've hired coaches that were very narcissistic and traumatic and opened up all the boxes for me. And I'm like, dang it, I spent all this money paying this person to teach me. And all she did was create more trauma in my life so I could stay stuck so I could continue mm-hmm. to pay her and pay her and pay her. If you're continuously paying the same coach for 10 years, ouch." She's not <laughs> doing her job, right? <laughs> yeah, ouch, yeah. Oh my gosh. So first of all, I just want to say, Yasmin, how old are you?
1: I'm 24.
0: She is so above her years. Like her soul <laughs> is just so beautiful. I love at 24 girl. I was drinking. I had no, I was like, <laughs> but to see just how much wisdom you carry and just how like smart and intelligent you are with All of this is just beautiful to see. And there's so many people that need your voice and need your heart because seriously, there are 24-year-olds that need to see, like, wow, she's going through it too. I'm not alone, you know. Um, so thank you for showing up and being the creator that you are, not the small yes, creator.
1: You're right, <laughs>
0: but the big creator that you are. But as we wrap up this episode, what would you say is your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening right now? What can they take away?
1: Oof, my last nugget of wisdom is going to come from one of my favorite, favorite, favorite speakers, and it is Lisa Nichols. And she says, fear is false evidence appearing to be real. Mm. So when you can really encompass that and live your life that way and ask yourself, when I'm feeling fear, take a breath. And where does this actually mm-hmm. come from? And learn from it and move through it and become friends with it. And you don't have to fear your fear, your own yes. fear and it's okay. As soon as you become friends with it, ask it, sit with it, feel it, don't avoid it. Resistance is your number one enemy, and as long as you can start to embrace the fear and the tension and the anxiety that's in your life, things will start to come together little by little, and also, you are the creator of your own life. Yes. So you can create something different, (sighs) create something different, change the story, and the last one is, Don't underestimate the power of a little change in your day or a little change in your habits because a micro habit is what gets you to the to the reality that you want. And that's where I started in the darkest place. I started with little by little baby step, baby step, baby step, baby step, big step. And you'll get there.
0: Yes. And eventually You'll be able to see your family an hour and a half Mm -hmm. away.
1: I will. I will get there. I believe it. I I I believe it, Yasmin. I don't know why, but I'm going to get there. I believe (laughs) it. I
0: believe in you and I believe that you're strong enough and that you'll eventually just conquer that fear and get there. And I
1: will eventually go anywhere. I have to make it to London. eventually. I can't wait to see the TikTok.
0: (laughs) I can't wait to see the TikTok that you Mm -hmm. post with you and your family. Like, I can't wait. I'm going to follow you. So... Where can my audience follow you? Make sure you tell them where you are on TikTok because she's on there all the time and I love her. So you're on TikTok. What's your handle?
1: Where people can find me on TikTok is at ya.soul and then on Instagram at ya.soultalk. You can also look up my podcast on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. i also on YouTube and it is Yo soul a podcast and soul talk by, yes. That's where you can find me. <laughs> thank you again for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just also have this new friendship with you and connect with so many other people on their healing journeys and remind them that they got this. They just have got to keep going.
0: (laughs) Yes, beautiful. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at fearlessfemale or find me on TikTok. I'm under at paola.rosser. Tune in next week. Goodbye.